It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is June 26th, 2019. My name is Philip Rosenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr__omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk about the Orlando Magic Summer League roster, some of the big highlights from there. We'll talk about the Markel Fultz quote that John Hammond said on the rate on on in the zone on 96.9 FM here in Orlando. We'll talk a little bit about what he said, what he didn't say, what the national media is saying, and what it all means. Probably nothing. But we'll talk a little bit about that. And then we'll talk a little bit about free agency and free agency priorities as a little bit of news has come out about free agency and what might happen with the Orlando Magic and their big free agents. We'll talk about just the basics of the Magic strategy, at least, or what they say their strategy is here at the beginning of the summer and, and, and whether we can take, full, uh, take their word fully on it. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes or wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's podcasts covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can find here. Want to get the lowdown on whether the Sacramento Kings actually do want Nikola Vucevic? I would check out Locked On Kings over the next week because it sure sounds like the Kings might be the team that's going to make that offer that makes you say, no, I think I'll pass. Or maybe they won't. If you want to know why the Dallas Mavericks are out on Nikola Vucevic, i check out Locked On Mavericks. Locked on Celtics, Locked on Lakers, all these great podcasts. If there's anywhere that you think a Magic free agent might end up, check out their podcast because every team in the NBA has a Locked On podcast. So you can get the same level of care and detail that you get from me from people who cover and follow those teams daily. This is the whole point of the Locked On Podcast Network. But if that's not your bag, you can also get Locked On NBA for a national perspective on the team from several of the Locked On hosts, as well as check out Locked on fantasy basketball for the fantasy perspective. I'm, I'm in a super intense fantasy basketball league, actually. We're in the middle of the second round of our playoffs. I, I'm in the playoffs for the first time in a very, very long time, read ever. And, and I'm trying to get some fantasy advice, last-minute fantasy advice, I guess, to, to help me try and upset the top-seeded team in the conference. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I'll, maybe I'll keep you updated on it or not. Um, we'll, we'll see. Um, but you can find all these great podcasts, plus Locked on NFL podcasts, MLB, and Colleges too. On the Locked On Podcast Network, find them on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, Himalaya, anywhere you download podcasts today. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. The Orlando Magic announced their summer league roster on Tuesday as they get set to begin play next Friday, July 5th, uh, as they'll play uh, the San Antonio Spurs to open up, uh, yeah, the San Antonio Spurs to open up their summer league play. It's 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 obviously you know the opponent doesn't matter. I, I I probably got that wrong actually, but the opponent doesn't really matter. What matters is 
but you try to get out of Summer League. And we'll talk more about what the Magic's goals should be entering Summer League and, and what they need to see. Um, but really, the main headline here is Mohamed Bamba will make his return to the court since January. First time since January that we've seen him on a court playing competitive basketball. He will make his return to the court in Las Vegas for the NBA Summer League. The, the, really, the only name of serious note, you know, maybe two names of serious note, the Orlando Magic will have Mohamed Bamba and Emil Jefferson on their summer league teams. Now, John Hammond, uh, I'll, I'll talk more about this interview in a little bit, and I would suggest you go check it out on, on 96.9 The Game's website. John Hammond was on 96.9 The Game's In The Zone on Monday and, and talked about a wide variety of issues with the Magic, including Marco Fultz, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But he did say this about Mohamed Bamba. Mo, Mo Bamba's ready to play, and, and it seems like it's been that way for a while. Uh, the big thing with him is is to add strength, and, and, and you can just tell by looking at photos of him that he's done this. And then, you know, they just kind of want to see him out there. They, they don't expect him to play all five games or five-plus games out there. They're, they're probably going to play him in two, maybe three games, and they just want to kind of get him out there and just make sure he's making the progress that they want to see. Um, Mo, you know, for, for everything that we've said about Mo and all the numbers, what the numbers say about Mo. Mo is very clearly an NBA player. Um, I, I thought that his rookie season went as I expected. I thought there'd be a lot of growing pains, a lot of kind of just rookie moments where he didn't really know what was going on. Uh, some up and down play offensively, especially as he as he kind of figured things out. And it was just clear his body wasn't really ready for the NBA. And so I think the Magic put him in a perfect role as the backup big. And I think the Magic are not going to toy around with that too much, regardless of what happens with Nikola Vucevic. Regardless of what ha- what happens with him, I firmly believe that the Magic will put Bamba in a role where he can find success. And so if he starts the year coming off the bench with Ken Burch starting, or whoever the Magic signs starting, that's what it's going to be. And that's okay. And I would say this, you know, before Bamba got hurt, before, before the stress fracture, I really thought he was making progress defensively. He was starting to really make some big steps defensively. And so, I'm not concerned that that he's going to you know not be able to to pick up right where he left off. In fact, I think he'll be a, a, a few leaps ahead because of the the studying program that that Steve Clifford had him in, because he's been able to work on his body almost exclusively uh, with the injury occurring. Uh, and so, I think I think when we see Bamba play, it's it's going to be a very different player. Um, I think that he's gonna you know there'll be some hiccups and some some from some fits and starts I don't expect him to be like dominant or anything but you know I I, I always like what Fran Fraschilla says about sophomore players at the NBA Summer League it's men among boys it's guys who have been in the league know what to expect know what to do and just kind of do whatever they want to do on the court it doesn't mean they dominate necessarily but you can just kind of tell by watching the game that oh yeah, no, no. They they know what's going on. They know what they're doing. That's what I hope to see from Bamba. Just a presence. I mean, Jonathan Isaac didn't have the greatest summer league last year. But you could tell, especially defensively, how much confident and how much more confident and comfortable he was than a lot of the other players on the on the floor. Bamba was just kind of raw athleticism. He was just kind of out there, just kind of flying around. And that, that's really how he was during the season too. So the big thing I want to see, and maybe you won't see it in the first game or in the first few moments, I want to see discipline, and I just want to see him be a presence on the court. Like, you always know that he's out there even if he isn't scoring. And I think that's 
something that we can see. Now, the rest of the Summer League roster, not a lot to, t- to talk about, of course. Um, Chuma Okiki, not going to play, still recovering from the ACL injury. So he's not on the Summer League roster. Emil Jefferson, who uh, was issued a qualifying offer from the Orlando Magic um, off of his two-way contract. So he's someone that, you know, at least the signal here is he's someone that's going to be part of the roster next year. In fact, I would, I would venture to guess that he would take over Jarrell Martin's role at the very least. You know, maybe he's going to do a little bit more. But Emil Jefferson, another player to watch. Um, you know, he obviously was the Lakeland Magic's best player, leading scorer, leading rebounder. Just a solid, consistent player. You know, I think, you know, Steve Clifford said it throughout the season that that he felt comfortable if he had to throw Emil Jefferson out there. It was just never, he's just, a, he's just a tough guy to throw out there because he doesn't have great range. He's not overly mobile. He's kind of a traditional four in a league that doesn't have a lot of those. And he's too small to play center in a lot of ways. So uh, the, his tweenerness hurts him a little bit, but the Magic clearly like him enough that they turned him into a, a restricted free agent. Um, and, and I would suspect that he will be back with the Magic next year. He'll be on the Summer League team, so that, that'll that be one to watch as well. There are a few other players to keep an eye on. Daquan Jeffries of Tulsa. For a lot of people, he was one of the best players not drafted. He's a solid defender, improving three-point shooter. Um, really kind of solid role player. I would definitely keep an eye on him throughout the throughout Summer League, and, and, and he's someone that could play a lot in Summer League. He's, uh, I think the Magic are kind of hoping that he'll be this year's version of of uh, Isaiah Briscoe, um, kind of off the bench as a wing player. Um, and then a couple other guys that, that you could look out for for two-way contracts, John Petroselli, um, Brian Angelo Rodas from uh, the Lakeland Magic last year, both really good shooters. Um, you know, their, their numbers don't always show that, but they are solid shooters um, over the course. And then, of course, you've got, um, I'm trying to find his name here, uh, uh, Peter, uh, Peter Joke, um, who was really, really good as well, who was really, really good for the Northern Arizona Sun, averaging 14.3 points per game. And then Tyler Davis from the Oklahoma City Blue, 17.2 points per game, 11.5 rebounds per game in limited time last year in the G League. These are some guys to keep an eye on. Um, you know, I'm a Northwestern guy, so I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Vic Law, uh, who is at, who was at Northwestern, a really solid shooter, uh, or streaky shooter, but when he was on, he was on. Really good defender. His issue at Northwestern was he just he struggled to stay healthy. Just a variety of random injuries befell him, and, and he couldn't really find his shooting rhythm. I would say Vic Law is a really sneaky candidate to get an Exhibit 10 contract from the Magic, if not potentially a two-way contract. There's a lot of really good players. I mean, Joke is really good, uh, a really interesting player. Um, Tyler Davis is a really interesting player, like I said. And then the Lakeland guys that they're bringing back, Petrucelli, uh, Brian Angle Rodas, uh, um, Gabe York, who's been uh, uh, on the Magic's radar for a really long time. I know that, that that's a personal favorite of Matt Lloyd's. Um, it, there, there are some interesting players on the Summer League team now. Are they going to win anything? Uh, you know, and then, of course, I'd be, re- and then Derek Pardon, of course, who's an undersized center who I really like. He's got, got good positioning. He works really, really hard. Now, I cannot understate this. I kind of got some heat from some Derek Pardon fans because I said he, he entered Northwestern really, really raw, which, which I still think he did. Um, but he is. He, he is a hard, hard worker. You know, he finds himself in the right spot. The issue with him is just size and mobility, and, and that's so important in today's NBA, um, which, which kind of sucks. But, but um, you know, I think Pardon's going to impress a lot of people in this summer league because he's just, he's just a hard, hard worker. He does a lot of the grimy, dirty stuff that no one, no one wants to do. He's just got very limited range as far as an offensive player um, and, and just doesn't have a lot of positional versatility. He's a 6'8 center, and, and I don't know how valuable that, that is ultimately. And, of course, you have the UCF guys. B.J. Taylor, 
uh, Chad Brown. Um, I'll be I'll, I'll, if you listen to any UCF podcasts, um, I'll uh, I'm, I'm probably gonna be talking with Black and Gold Banneret about about him about them. Um, Chad Brown is a is a grinder. Um, he's a guy that could really who could find a spot somewhere, um, just because he plays with so much energy. Doesn't provide a lot of offense, but he is he is a he is a grinder. Um, had a great career at UCF. And B.J. Taylor, local kid, went to Boone High School here in Orlando. Um, really, just uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say he had a disappointing career at UCF. He had, he, he faced some injuries as well, um, but uh, efficiency was an issue with him. And and, be, and being a point guard, he wasn't a, a great playmaker. Um, I would say Taco Fall does change a lot of things. He does congest a lot of space. Um, Taylor can get to the basket, not the best finisher in the world. And unfortunately, I do have to bring up the Duke game, and and that was part of it. Um, but, uh, you know, Taylor, I think, is a really interesting player. He certainly certainly can show up. But um, Orlando does have a lot of interesting players. I, I do want to note that. I think that they do have a lot of guys that that could be something. Um, you know, I've just named I've just named like six or seven guys that, are, that I'm interested in seeing off the summer league team. And there's there's a few more, like Marcus Howard and, um, and, 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 a, few, and a few other guys. Um, but is this team going to win the summer league? Probably not. And, and I don't care about winning summer league games. I mean... I think if your top guys are in there and the game is close, you want to win it. I'm not saying wins aren't important, but it's not the end of the world. I mean, I think the big thing coming out of the Summer League, and we'll talk about this uh, again next week, big thing coming out of Summer League is Mo Bamba looking healthy and Mo Bamba, you know, play, getting back up to speed. And, and I think that's that's what we'll ultimately see and, and, and why we'll be happy about the Summer League. And if the Magic can find a player or two to, to, to help fill out the training camp roster, to fill a two-way contract, to fill out the G League roster, then then that would make this a successful summer league as well. So that's, you know, kind of the big news, you know, some, and some other news of the day. Uh, the Magic picked up the team option on Wessa Wundu. No surprise there. It's about $1.3 million, I want to say, um, which is, you know, no, no offense. I know everyone was like congratulating Wes for, for getting paid, but he would have been, he would have done a lot better, I think, if he had been turned into free into a free agent. But no one's going to complain about job security. Um, Magic getting a rotation caliber defender, rotation caliber player on a rookie contract. You don't let that go. So no brainer there. Um, the Magic did offer qualifying offers to Ken Birch and Emil Jefferson. Like I said, um, the Ken Birch one and both the fact that they're both centers uh, and big men is interesting. Um, you know, I, I do think that the Magic want to bring back Ken Birch regardless of what happens with Nikola Vucevic. But obviously, I think the urgency to bring him back will be greater if they do end up losing Nikola Vucevic. And so um, we'll talk a little bit about that coming up here in a bit. Um, but, you know, the Magic doing some mechanical moves in addition to uh, announcing their summer league roster. But, of course, the big question is is about someone who's not on the summer league roster that a lot of people thought should have been. And now it's time for our regular update on Markel Fultz. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So it, it, it wasn't really a surprise that Markel Fultz was not on the Summer League roster. You know, I think, 
I think I might have asked the question to Jeff Weltman at the end of the season whether there was a possibility that Marco Fultz would play in summer league. And, and I think even at that point, certainly by when he, when he was talking about it at the end of the season, Weltman said, you know, we, we don't think Fultz will play summer league. And I don't think it was a matter of him being ready or a matter of him um, being, you know, physically ready or, or putting a timetable on uh, Some of it was the magic stance that they don't want to put a timetable on his recovery or on his return. Um, but I think part of it at least was was this they just didn't see the benefit of it. I mean, if he, he goes out in summer league and plays poorly or or isn't physically ready, it, it could knock him back. And frankly, if you know, a guy who's been through, you know, two years hanging with an NBA team, he doesn't need it. But it, it, it does bring up a lot of those same questions. When is Markel Fultz going to be ready? What what update is there for it? And, you know, credit to the Magic. They've been a very tight-lipped organization since Jeff Weltman took over and, and, and to some extent since when Rob Hennigan was around, although toward the end it was, leak, it was leaking like a sinking ship. Um, but really, the Magic aren't letting anything go about Fultz. They're, they're, they're doing a good job not putting any pressure on him. And really... The only deadline that, that seems to be set is, is the one that the media and the fans are setting of saying, you know, are we going to see him for the opening of training camp? Are we going to see him for the first preseason game in October? And that's a long, long way away. But John Hammond, the general manager of the Orlando Magic, did give an update about Mark Fultz. On the radio in Orlando on 96.9, the game's in the zone on Monday afternoon. John Hammond said... Markel Fultz is making progress. He is working extremely hard. He's in the gym. Don't need to look any further than his Instagram stories where he regularly takes photos of himself in the Magic locker room. So he is in the building. He is around town and he is getting his work in. Hammond said Fultz is in great shape. His body fat is extremely low. He is doing doing the things he needs to do to get ready. But here's the kicker, and here's the thing that got picked up by every site around the around the NBA. The Magic don't know when he's going to be ready to play. Now, I would say, knowing the Magic and knowing how they've they've approached this, that's them not putting a limit on what he can do or when he'll be ready. That's them saying we're not going to set a date here. We're not going to put pressure on faults to be at a certain benchmark. His body will respond and, and he will respond and his, his physical therapist and, and all those all the and the medical staff will all respond and agree that he's back. You know, I think Hammond or Weltman, I forget which one, because they've both kind of talked about it, and they've been very good about staying on this message, have both said the goal with Fultz is for him to be back, to be able to manage the thoracic outlet syndrome. Because it's, it, it, it's never going to go away. I, I think that, that, that is something that's very clear. It's, it's going to persist. And it's about managing it. But they want him to be back where he is back for good. 
No starting and stopping. No, I feel good this day. I don't feel good for this stretch. I feel good now. They don't want any of that. When Fultz is back, they want him back so he can begin to grow again. And I do think that there is at least some perception among Magic fans that whenever Fultz gets back or, or, or the Magic should rely on Fultz to be the starting point guard immediately. And really the reality is Fultz has played 40-something games total in the NBA, if that. The reality is Marco Fultz is essentially a rookie. And honestly, the Magic should treat him as such, at least in, in how they manage his playing time and how they develop him. And it's extremely tough to develop a rookie, to develop any player. A fair criticism of the Isaac and Bamba, you know, although I think Isaac's turned out okay. It's hard for any rookie to develop if they can't stay on the floor, if they can't stay in practice and kind of learn the league. So I think the Magic's approach here has been to get him to that point, to, to put him, you know, in, in practices, in formal team preparation once he's reached that point. Now, it's clear from, from the way things worked in the playoffs and, and, and how the Magic worked during the, during the stretch run, Fultz has integrated himself into the team. Teammates like him. He's, he's a member of the Orlando Magic. He's part of the group. He was one of the guys that called Chuma Okiki after the Magic drafted him. So he's part of the team. That part, the locker room part, is not going to be the problem. It's now about the comfort and playing part. And I'm not going to pretend to know where Fultz is at. None of us do. Really, the only people that know are probably David Tenney, Steve Clifford, his coaching staff, the training staff, uh, Jeff Waltman, John Hammond, and probably a few players. I, I would say this, though. From, from everything I've gathered, you know, even from talking with Sixers fans, but just looking at the tape and, and looking at the, the stat sheet, Markel Fultz could play today. I don't know how effective he'd be, but he played okay before eventually taking himself out of the lineup. Outside of his shooting numbers, which were very poor, Fultz was still able to get to the basket, was still able to do a lot of the things that make him a really special player. Except for shooting. And I would imagine some of that had to do with the discomfort and and all that. And so solving that and kind of building that back up is going to get him you know, back to a level where he will be able to contribute something to this team. And I have no doubt about that. I have no doubt that, honestly, he could play today back at the level that he was playing at for the Sixers when he left. But that's not the project here. The project here is to get Fultz fully healthy so he can be more than that. And frankly, the Magic don't know when that is. They can't. No one does. It's going to take a day of feeling really good and then another day and then another day and then another day and then a week and then a month, a few weeks. Obviously, there are 
is a ticking timer here with training camp, which still feels very far away, but it's closer than you think. And I would imagine the Magic hope that he will be able to participate in training camp in full. But they'll keep an eye on this and keep monitoring it. They're not, they're not, they invested in him. They believe in him. And they're giving him the space to recover and feel comfortable himself. And that's really what this is about. So yes, the Magic don't know when he'll be ready. But it sure sounds like he is making progress and taking steps forward even if the Magic aren't ready to put a timetable on when he will step onto the court for good. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. To close out today's show, though, we do need to talk about free agency. Uh, The latest rumor came out. uh, There's been a few rumors that have come out over the last few days, but the latest rumor has come out that the Dallas Mavericks are out on Nikola Vucevic. Um, Dallas has long been thought of, of as a potential landing spot for Nikola Vucevic for one reason or another. Uh, I, I didn't quite get it, especially after the Kristaps Porzingis trade. Um, but it was widely assumed, and, and it's been reported that that interest has waned a little bit and, and then come back, and now it appears that that interest is gone. And it was interesting why. The, the Dallas Morning News reporting that Dallas believes Nikola Vucevic wants a contract starting at $25 million per year. And they think there's another team out there that's going to give them that, plus probably the four-year deal that he's looking for. And that's too rich for their taste, especially knowing that Orlando's going to be trying to keep him. Another team's probably going to try and go after him, and Boston may also try and chase Nikola Vucevic. So it does seem like Nikola Vucevic is developing a little bit of a market. Now, who's going to give him that $25 million? Everyone's betting money's been on the Sacramento Kings. And there's been reporting that Sacramento isn't as interested in Vucevic as everyone thought. That might end up being posturing. But who knows what the ultimate answer is. What we all know about the Magic, though, is the Magic have to know what their number is. And they can't exceed that number. Whether it's years, whether it's money. They have to hold firm to who they are because... The one thing they can't do is tie up their books and players that aren't going to live up to their production or aren't going to be part of their future. It would be hard to have Vucevic on a four-year contract when Bamba it, it might be a better player or Bamba's ready to go. And Bamba clearly fits the vision for this team. Then again, if Vucevic is the better player and is able to lead the Magic to, to more playoff appearances, then maybe that's okay. I think a lot of Magic fans, and, and I'll include myself a little bit in this, even though I'm a Vucevic supporter, a lot of Magic fans kind of sense that this team still has a ceiling with Vucevic. And you don't want to overpay and prevent yourself from getting other opportunities to improve. Especially with the Evan Fournier contract still kind of hanging over your head. But we'll see what happens June 30th. And I think that's been the big thing that everyone said. is You don't really know until you sit down and start negotiating. 
Terrence Ross, too, will have his suitors. As, as Adrian Wojnarowski uh, kind of said uh, in the Wojn Low show on ESPN2 on, on Tuesday, that if the Lakers don't get the big fish, and it looks like LA is really focused on D'Angelo Russell, the Lakers are unable to get another max free agent, then Terrence Ross is certainly a target. Who doesn't want Terrence Ross, I think, is going to be a more operative question when it gets down to it, and that's going to drive his price up. And so Orlando certainly, like I've said before, is going to have to operate under two tracks. Track where they retain their players, the track where they go out and replace them or find ways to make the team better in free agency. Because again, I really do believe they have this, that this summer is going to set the team for the next two years. So these are big decisions Jeff Weltman has to make. Well, Weltman's gotten a pass through free agency the lot his first two years. You've looked at his drafts and said, okay, those are pretty good. His personnel hires, the stuff he's done behind the scenes has really been the big change with the Magic. But now he begins to shape the roster. Now he really gets to shape this roster in, in, in the image that he wants. And so how he does that is going to be the big question. But throughout this process, throughout this early process, Waltman has said the priority is to bring back their players. I'll reference that interview that John Hammond gave again. About free agency, John Hammond said, we don't want to have to take a step back if we don't have to. And bringing Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross back will make keeping our spot or, or keeping the playoff team together will make it easier to take that next step forward or to to maintain their spot until other guys are ready to step up. And again, it's easy to say in the abstract, we want to keep our guys. I think, honestly, if money is equal, Nikola Vucevic would stay in Orlando. But But the reality is, money is not equal. The reality is, dollars and cents, the details matter. And, you know, if a team offers a four-year, $110 million contract in Nikola Vucevic or a $100 million contract in Nikola Vucevic, and that's too rich for the Magic, which it very well might be, honestly, they'll let him walk, even though Vucevic might be a priority. Because that's the reality here. The Magic would like to keep all their players on their terms, Fair terms. I don't think they're going to do anything even-handed or, or low-ball in any way. I honestly think like the idea that Keith Smith came up with on the podcast uh, last week, I think that idea of, of offering Nikola Vucevic a two-year, $50 million contract would be a really good one. Uh, maybe not a really good idea, but I think it would be an acceptable idea because in two years, you know, you get, Vuce gets his money, but in two years, Bamba should be ready. And if Bamba's not ready in two years, then, then, then that's a bigger problem. But is Vucevic going to do that? Probably not. For both Terrence Ross and Nikola Vucevic, this is their first real shot at free agency. Both players signed extensions before they even hit free agency. They've never really done this process before. And at their age, I I think Ross is 29, Vuce is 28, or maybe it's flipped, but they're both 28, 29 years old. At their age, this could be their last big contract. This could be their only big contract. And so I can't blame them for trying to cash in and trying to get the most money they can, especially in a market 
that seems pretty robust. And so while Orlando's desire is to keep their own, and that's what they'd like to do, all signs are really starting to point that that will be extremely difficult. All signs are starting to point to the fact that Orlando's going to have to let one, if not both, of these guys go. And that a competitive offer may not be in the Magic's best long-term interest. As I tell everyone, we're in year three of a rebuild under Jeff Weltman. Year two, they got to the playoffs well ahead of schedule. But the team isn't quite where Weltman ultimately envisions it. And that's really what this summer is about, is finding those players that fit what this team's going to look like. And so while the priority might be Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross, the reality might be they're already priced out too far from where the Magic want to be, and Orlando might already be looking for their replacements. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr.omd. Pod, uh, follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, Himalaya, all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Again, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out Orlando Magic Daily. We do have a profile up right now uh, on Daquan Jeffries and, and what he'll bring to the Orlando Magic, kind of introduce, to introduce you to him. He should be an interesting player to watch at Summer League, um, so definitely check that out. And of course, for the latest, uh, and follow us on Twitter there at OMagicDaily. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Wright. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.